Happy New Year. Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for January 6. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. As we begin the new year, it's useful to ask, what is the most pressing issue we face as we enter the new year? T.S. Eliot, in his Choruses from the Rock, written in 1934, suggests it's a matter of God in our lives. I'll be speaking more about this following the Lord's Prayer and Bible reading. Let me note that the Word on Wednesday is a ministry of the Anglican Connection. It's not just for Anglicans. Everyone is welcome. You may also want to register for an online conference the Anglican Connection is holding. The title, The Majestic Glory in an Age of Change. The Unchanging God of Love and Beauty, Goodness, Justice and Compassion. You can register at www.anglicanconnection.com As we begin today, Catherine Jacob will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now a Bible reading from Luke chapter 11, 33 to 36. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar, but on the lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if it is not healthy, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, consider whether the light in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, with no part of it in darkness, it will be as full of light as when a lamp gives you light with its rays. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy New Year. Another day, another year, a year of more change. In his Choruses from the Rock, written in 1934, T.S. Eliot prophetically observed, But it seems that something has happened that has never happened before. Though we know not just when, or why, or how, or where. Men have left God, not for other gods, they say, but for no God. And this has never happened before. Let men both deny gods and worship gods, professing first reason, and then money and power, and what they call life, or race, or dialectic. What have we to do but stand with empty hands and palms turned upwards in an age which advances progressively backwards? The onset of the coronavirus and the suffering and grief it has brought to millions, the looting and rioting that has impacted livelihoods and much more, challenge us to ask, what is the most pressing issue as we enter the new year? T.S. Eliot suggests... It's a matter of God in our lives. As a culture, the Western world today rejects the notion of there being an ultimate truth. It's said at best, we could only have opinions. 
You have your opinions, and I have mine. To tell me I am wrong is to be arrogant and judgmental. But here's an irony. To counter the coronavirus pandemic, people are looking to medical science for a vaccine. And the only way a vaccine can be developed is if there is an objective body of knowledge that can be tested through experiment and reasoning. If there is no agreed worldview concerning this kind of knowledge, there can be no assurance with respect to a vaccine. And many scientists would agree. Where some might disagree is with a worldview that holds that there is a Creator God. And that's because they deny a worldview that underlines the meaning of what are called the natural laws. We find ourselves with a dilemma. We live in a world where social progressivism denies objectivity and the idea of truth. On the other hand, the same world is dependent upon there being an objective truth when it comes to the laws of nature and the search for a vaccine. So what should we do? Let the light of God's gospel shine in our lives. In Luke chapter 11, verses 29 through 32, Jesus had been reminding the crowds that in response to Jonah's preaching, the people of Nineveh had repented and turned to God. He also commented that the Queen of Sheba had travelled hundreds of miles to learn from the wisdom of King Solomon. Jesus then went on to make an astonishing announcement. Something greater than Solomon is here, he said. Was the growing crowd around him aware that they were in the presence of greatness itself? Indeed, God himself? Were they listening? Were they aware of what would happen if they turned their backs on him? Jesus concluded this teaching with these rather enigmatic words. No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar, but on the lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. Light and darkness are images that bubble throughout the Bible. In the Gospel of John we read Jesus' words, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Furthermore, when we turn to Jesus, God transfers us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved Son as we read in Colossians chapter 1. So to have the light, or the lamp of the gospel, shine in our lives is the most wonderful privilege we have. How foolish of us not to let this light shine in our very hearts. Furthermore, we need to let this light so transform our lives that others will also see the changes. This will involve growing in the riches of God's love. It means that our lives will be shaped not by the latest ideas or correctness, but by God's Spirit teaching us from God's Word. It means recognising that all humanity in every age has its faults and failures. William Hazlitt, the 19th century essayist and drama and literary critic, observed, Mankind are an incorrigible race. Give them but bugbears and idols, It's all that they ask. The distinctions of right and wrong, of truth and falsehood, of good and evil, are worse than indifferent to them. So often today, God's people are falling short 
of letting the light of our faith shine for others to see. Wanting to avoid being seen to be intolerant or arrogant, we remain silent when it comes to the uniqueness of Jesus Christ, God incarnate. Many of us like to think that we are good people because we refrain from sexual immorality or theft, living lives of outward integrity. But to live a complacent, self-satisfied life, thinking that all is well, and yet not praying nor looking for opportunities to reach out to others with God's truth, is to treat God's King with contempt. Let's pray for one another as we start a new calendar year, that we'll walk in the light of God's love, trusting Him with our lives, and letting His light so shine through us that others will be drawn to the Lord Jesus themselves. You may also want to register for the Anglican Connection Conference, where we will be exploring the theme, The Majestic Glory in an Age of Change. In his 1939 Christmas speech, on the eve of Britain's darkest hour in World War II, King George VI concluded with this quotation, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light, that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness, and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better than light, and safer than a known way.
Let us pray. Sovereign Lord God, direct with your wisdom and power the leaders of the nations. Lord, give them such wisdom and understanding that they may restrain wickedness and vice and uphold justice and truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly pray for all who are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. We particularly pray for those who lost loved ones through COVID-19. We thank you that a vaccine has now been produced and pray that it will be made available both speedily and fairly so that all peoples and nations may benefit. Father, we also continue to pray for people who suffer because of injustice, poverty, and powerlessness. Lord, enable us to share with others the material things that they need. Most of all, in your great mercy, bring comfort and hope through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to save us, and give us meaning and hope forever. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, you wonderfully created men and women in your own image, and have now more wonderfully rescued and restored us. Grant us, we pray, that as your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, was made in our likeness, so may we share his divine nature. We ask this through Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, you revealed your Son to the nations by the guidance of a star. Lead us to your glory in heaven by the light of faith. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you, and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. Philip Stopford's setting of Markland's poem, Do Not Be Afraid, is sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. It would be great to hear from you. And don't forget to register for the Anglican Connection Conference online at www.anglicanconnection.com.